you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky live here in New York City. It's Monday, November 28th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. It's Kyle Brent, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. On Friday, we talked about what we thought we would be talking about on a Monday morning from Sunday Night Football. And we had, I think, kind of like downer yeah. thoughts. Maybe like, oh, Packers yeah. mathematically eliminated. But yeah. like, that game was an upper for me. Man, that was fun to watch. First half, second half, scoring, run game. It was all the beautiful things. After the game, though, Aaron Rodgers was asked about Aaron what about maybe shutting it down for the rest of the year? Mm, I don't think so. You know, as long as I check out fine tomorrow, I'll uh, expect to play this weekend. Oh, you think you might? Yeah, as long as I check out okay tomorrow. You know, I might not be able to go Wednesday, but I'll, uh, as long as there's no, no major structural damage, I'll try and get back out there. This is one of the toughest dudes I've ever been around. So I don't ever for one second question his toughness, his desire to be out there, his desire to compete. Matter of fact, he apologized to me, and I'm like, don't ever apologize to me. I'll never question that. This guy is the ultimate competitor. Rodgers also said after the game that it was excruciating pain to rotate his core after that injury, which feels imperative for a quarterback. But if he can go, a good Aaron Rodgers is always a great thing to have on your side of the ball. Uh, Ian, what's up with a banged-up Aaron Rodgers last night? What else can you tell us this morning? You would think that turning your core would be important for a quarterback to do. So being able to grip a football seems like Aaron Rodgers can do neither. uh, But he is still intent on playing. Let's go through his injuries and just figure out where we go from here. First of all, he has a fractured thumb, an avulsion fracture, which means that the ligament tears away from the bone and takes a piece of the bone with it. It is extremely painful. It leads to joint instability. Basically, a torn ligament in his thumb and a fracture of his thumb. So he's dealing with that. Seems like that hasn't really gotten that much better 
over the course of the last month or so. And now he's got a rib injury. He had x-rays at the stadium. They seem to be more inconclusive than anything else. Could not see a fracture, but couldn't rule out a fracture either. So he's going to have an MRI and a CT scan today. And as Roger said, you heard it right there. If he can possibly go, if he can be somewhat functional, he will be able to go. But obviously these tests are going to show more to the story. He does not want to be shut down as long as they are still in it. And they are still in it. So if he's cleared, I would expect him to play at least one more week. Well, yeah, that kind of goes hand in hand with Matt LaFleur speaking to his toughness. The fact that he, if he can go by Wednesday, Thursday, then you're going to see Aaron Rodgers on the field. But it does kind of lead to a greater question. Rap Sheet, thanks. We'll talk to you in a little bit as to where the Packers go from here. But speaking of the Eagles from Sunday night, they're flying high. They're 10-1. and one. Other teams hanging around. 49ers look good. Vikings look good. But Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, there's health to worry about. They're there's how this pertains to the greater conversation in the future of the Packers, particularly at the quarterback position. So, guys, how does the Rodgers and Jordan Love quarterback situation play out? And you may put your own timeline on sure. this as it pertains to your answer. Okay. First of all, we want Rodgers healthy. We That's first and foremost, so that this is an even conversation worth having. We want Rodgers healthy. He's fun for the game. He's a great player. Obviously, he's two-time reigning MVP. I think the Bears game is a great opportunity to see Jordan Love. What do we have here? Bears just gave up 31 points and over 400 yards of offense to Mike White. Let's see Jordan Love go out there. Let's see what he does against the Bears this week, regardless of whether Rodgers has to you know, tough it out and play with whatever he's got going on with his ribs and his thumb. Maybe just one week of seeing Jordan Love, and if it's a thing, then we can have a discussion of, hey, is it worth just kind of rolling with Jordan Love to see what we got? Because here's the deal. They have to decide at the end of the season whether they're picking up his fifth-year option or not. How do you do that? You know, it's like, do you do that? Do you not do that? Do you, do you give up on him? It's funny, we had Sean Payton on the Fox show yesterday, uh-huh. and the question came up about, you know, when is it time to maybe pull Rodgers? And he goes, eh, it's not Jordan Love, it's Jordan-like. You know, like, Jordan-like, and, Jordan-like, and, I, and I laughed. I'm like, that's how I think everyone feels. Like, there's no one who's like, I need to see Jordan. And then you see some of, those, some of those passes last week. This is the perfect week. Put him in against the Bears, even if Rodgers comes banging into your door and is like, hell no, you are not benching me for that. Say, we're resting you for one week. Mm. One week. And if love falls on his face, we know. Mm-hmm. Like, we know, okay, next offseason we might define the succession plan that isn't Jordan Love. Or next week we're going to definitely go back to Aaron. But if you can't beat the Bears with Jordan Love at quarterback, a team that you've historically owned and a team that most likely is not going to have a defense that's going to be the 78 Steelers, mm-hmm. well, then I think the proof is in the pudding. But I think at the very least, they should come out this week, announce it. Mm-hmm. Aaron Sitton, we're protecting mm-hmm. him, but we're also giving Jordan Love a chance. Um, and then we can have a greater discussion mm-hmm. next week to see mm-hmm. after Love how he plays. Now, if you say that and Jordan Love goes out there versus the Bears, plays well, is that enough? for the Packers as an organization to say, like, hey, we're willing to pick up his option? It's enough for me to have the conversation Monday. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see that. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy enough to play and he wants to play, play Aaron Rodgers. I just don't feel like you can go to him and say, all right, he's healthy, he clears all the uh, all the physical things from the doctors and all of that, and it's just like, nah, Aaron, like, right now, it's just best for the organization. We're going to sit you for a week, rest you up. We just really want to see what Jordan Love can do so we can make a decision on whether we want to pick up his fifth-year option and what the future of the team looks like once you're not playing here. If Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy, if he goes through all of the things and they say your ribs, you're fine, but it's not smart for you to play this week, then by golly, let Jordan Love. What if Rodgers says, no, I don't care, I want to play? 
put Aaron Rodgers in the game. Like, if he wants you know to play, and he's good. able to play. But, like, this guy was out there last night. Thumb we already know is out. He's valiant. He his well. ribs. He's out there. He's given everything he has. Like you just mentioned, back-to-back MVPs. And we're going to tell this guy, you've given us everything you've had. But you know what? We just want to start to build for the future. And I get it. Jordan Love looked good. You see him throw a pass to Christian Watson. He takes off down the sideline. If you're a Packers fan, you're like, my goodness, is, is this the future? Can we see more of this? But if Aaron Rodgers is still able to play, I just don't feel like you can just say, hey. And I think Sean Payton even alluded to that. And the guys on Fox were just like, hey, you're just going to go tell him, like, just sit down for a little while. We just want to see what Jordan – you think he's just going to be okay with that? I don't see that. I'm not so concerned about Jordan Love. We'll deal with Jordan Love in a little bit. This, this, we'll play him week 17 against the Lions and see what he's got. All right? Yeah. If Rodgers is healthy, you play Rodgers, and I don't think the matchup is insignificant. At Chicago, obviously, he owns them. It's perfect symbolically. It's perfect physically. Even if he is 70%, fine. And then here's the deal. You go and you beat the Bears. They will beat the Bears, I believe. Then a bye week. I am always coming back to this. They're not out. Like, they are not eliminated. They're not mathematically eliminated. Bears, bye week, Rams. Sounds pretty good. You think go with, you an experiment with Jordan Love now? What if he's terrible? And you're like, oh, man, we could have had Rodgers. And by the way, like, the pass to Watson was more an effective Watson, not Love. Like, I don't, he, that really padded his numbers and made this conversation more interesting statistically. I think Love was fine. He wasn't, like, he didn't light the world on fire. I, I, until Rodgers is mathematically eliminated or not medically cleared, he's Aaron Rodgers, you're Jordan Love, you play Rodgers. I'm into that. Okay, I'm absolutely at the, on the same page with you guys. If he's healthy, you play Aaron Rodgers. But this really got me thinking, and I wish I had the whiteboard when that this is my um Packers quarterback tree decision oh okay gosh. you play Rodgers this is going to come full circle this. you yeah. play Rodgers he's great that's great but now what do we do with Jordan Love okay uh-huh. that's where we got you play Rodgers he stinks that's sad now it's Jordan Love time sure you play Jordan Love he's great uh-oh now what do we do next week if Rodgers is healthy after that if he's great we got our guy that's awesome if he stinks uh-oh, who's our guy? Uh-huh. And if he stinks, now what are we going to do? It's inevitable. This is the pa- this is what Matt LaFleur is staring at in his office every day. I know he can't see that. I should have done the whiteboard. It's but the right. point is, I, this I can't imagine what is happening in Green Bay right now with what to do with this. Is he healthy? Is he not? Because, frankly, what if he goes out there and it's not pretty? I look like a beautiful mind right now. It's great. If he what? goes out there and it's not pretty... Who, Rogers for Aaron Rodgers, but both of them, really. Yeah. And it's like this cyclical, like, mm-hmm. you have to make a decision, but who do you play? And it just, like, I, I mean, I cannot imagine trying to break this cycle of how to make this decision. You yeah. do that stuff like that sometimes. What did you think of the beautiful mind? It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Because, it was really good. because at some point, it's going to come back to playing Jordan Love, to Peter's point, and making a decision about financially the future here. I'll just real quick, because uh, I was doing the numbers. I think if, if Rodgers retires this end of this year, which uh-huh. some people still think is a possibility, that's a $40 million cap hit. Uh-huh. If he sticks around, it's – and that's in dead money, I'm saying. And then if he sticks around, you still have to pay him this crazy – so, like – Financially, it does the Packers no good not to have Rodgers out there. He makes right. 22% of their salary cap. Like, you should play your guy. I'm thinking long-term, mm-hmm. we've had this first-round pick we traded up for. Just sitting there. Are we getting anything out of this investment? But if Rodgers is clear medically, you wouldn't play love against the Bears if Rodgers gets the clear, would you? Or would you? I'd be really cautious with Rodgers medically in this situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a it's an easy injury to just say, ah, so, it's fine. Mm-hmm. you know. And it, it's, if there's ever a team or ever a stretch, mm-hmm. maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. Bears... By Rams, Rams might be a good opportunity to see what we have in Jordan Love. Yep. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Live here in New York City, it's Monday, November 28th. I'm Jamie, it's Kyle, Peter, Jason. We're going to talk AFC now. It's Peter, lead block us here, and does something else to chat about. The Eagles are the one seed in the NFC. we got to see the one seed in the AFC. Mm. Chiefs in a big spot. Everyone watching last game of Thanksgiving weekend in the Fox slate. Kelsey would have himself a day. Pacheco would have himself a day. Mahomes admittedly said it wasn't our best football. The Chiefs still are the best team in the AFC, 26-10. Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. A lot of us thought this would be the game of the week. Jamar Chase can only look on, still recovering from a hip injury. The Cincinnati Bengals up 23-16, to 16, makes the field goal, but there was a penalty on Kevin Strong, unnecessary roughness on a defenseless player hitting the snapper. Cincinnati Bengals were retain the ball and able to run out the clock and run away with the victory 20-16 to 16 over the Titans. So we started the show talking about how interesting, an interesting turn the AFC took this weekend with a couple of those games, a couple of wild finishes. Here's a look at the playoff picture in the AFC. The Titans are the third seed despite losing to the Bengals, who are in the sixth pocket. But Cincinnati gained ground in their division. Rivals, the Ravens, who hang on to a fourth seed despite falling to the Jaguars. Don't worry, Chiefs Kingdom, though. You look good. The AFC road to the Super Bowl still goes through the heart of Kansas City. Mm. All right, so we've seen a lot of plot twists, as we mentioned, in the mm-hmm. AFC so far this season. Plenty more to come, particularly I'm looking forward to this Bengals-Chiefs game this weekend. But let's take a look back. The AFC story of the week for you is, Jay. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Coming off their bye week, uh, Tyreek Hill talked about going to the Bahamas, hanging out on the beach. And you always want to see how a team comes back. And going against the Houston Texans, a perfect trap game in a sense. A team only has one win on the season. 
But my goodness, the Miami Dolphins are fun as hell to watch. Down there in South Beach, they just made big play after big play. Guys on defense dancing, doing the Dougie after the making sacks. Jalen Phillips uh, said that they continue to work on that dance because it didn't look great. But Tua Tungabailoa, he is continuing to make play after play. Aditi uh, Kirgumbala, who works for CBS, talked about after the game. McDaniel said when he got to Miami, he put together a 700-play cut-up of all the things that Tua does great. Wanted to instill the confidence and let Tua and the organization know that he is their guy. And it is paying off. They're winning game after game, and they're doing it in fashion. They were up 30 to zip at halftime in this game. And the Miami Dolphins are clicking at the right time. And we talked about earlier in the show, they have the 49ers this week, another team that is rolling. But it's not just them. It's back-to-back West Coast game at the 49ers next week and then at the Chargers the week after that. A tough two-game trip on the West Coast. They'll probably stay down there. But, my goodness, they're a fun team to watch. Second they in the are. AFC. First, they're, they're first in that division. They're rolling. I don't know if anybody's stopping them on offense mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I know. And to, the, you mentioned it. They, they have the trap week, you know, totally. Hey, you hear Tyreek Hill is in Bahamas. You're like, oh, that's not mm-hmm. great. Like, I want you to – and then he comes out and he's amazing. Um the Chargers lose every close game historically, <laughs> like uh-huh. every close game. I thought yesterday's win, I don't want to be overly dramatic. I know it was against a Cardinals team going nowhere. I thought yesterday's win was so important for the collective psyche for the L.A. Chargers. Here it is. They're down seven late in this game. They've got to go on a drive. And Herbert has been magnificent in fourth quarters. He does everything right except win games. So here you are watching this one as we're going down the stretch, and it's like, all right, here we go, same old Chargers. They actually win one of these things. They come all the way back, they go for it on on the two-point conversion, and they actually close the door. Do you know how important that is for a team to be like, we're not doomed. Mm. We're not this franchise that is just plagued. They were the team that was on the right side of a close game. They were on the team that fought in the fourth quarter and didn't get burned in the end. You know, seven days earlier, Patrick Mahomes ripped their hearts out in their home building and stomped all over it in the final seconds. For them to bounce back and do the same to the Cardinals, I think it's huge. And can we see the AFC playoff picture one more time? Sure. Because I look at this thing and it's like the Jets are hovering at that seven seed right now. And the Jets still have to play the Bills again. The Jets still have to play the Dolphins again. Mm-hmm. The, the Jets still have all these other, you know, the Chargers, six and five. Quarterback is Justin Herbert. Gosh, what a story it would be if they turned their season around by actually winning one when it Mm. mattered. I'm in on the Chargers for at least today. I thought that was a big win, and I think philosophically and psychologically, I think it was huge. Mm. Yeah, look, if you can beat the 2022 Cardinals, you can beat anybody. I get it. I I get it. (laughs) You and I usually see eye to eye on the Chargers. Like, I want good things for them. And Herbert's very likable. It's a good win. It could have gone a lot of different ways. Yeah. We'll see. I get it. I I know. Hard knocks is good. They've earned that. I know. know. You're not wrong. It's Mike White week here in New York. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's. It's no mystery about who's going to start. Let's just let's go with it, guys. Uh, you know, I've been looking through the post, and we got uh, M. Rat and Pete Davidson finally stepped out. They're courtside, and then right next to them is the guy they call Magic Mike, uh, Rain Man, White Gold. They're going crazy. We got uh, Mike White's teammate Tyler Conklin saying, you're the king of New York, right, Mike? And Mike goes, no, no, no. The Jets fans are chanting his name. Mike White is literally winking on the sideline. There's some magic going on with him. It was the right call in the first two seconds of the game versus the Bears. Like, oh, Salah knows what he's doing. Good job sitting down, Zach Wilson. Here's my question, all right? It's Mike White week. We've had Mike White week here before in New York City. They're going at Minnesota, at Buffalo. 
<laughs> I don't know. Is this thing going to have any staying power? The last time we had a Mike White week, he played the Bills and threw four interceptions, and it was a disaster. It ended very fast. So sometimes the Mike White sensation giveth and it taketh away. I said earlier in the show, I don't think it was just because they played the Bears and the Bears' defense is weak that he showed. He had a confidence and a swagger, and their play calling was aggressive. I'm, I'm dubious about the staying power of the Mike White sensation thing. The matchups, there's no Bears coming. It's Vikings and Bills. So I like it. I like feeling the buzz here in New York City. I mean, literally, you got Mike White next to Pete and Emrat in the papers. Like, that's royalty meeting royalty. Yeah. Emrat's got a new podcast, everybody. Does Emrat have a podcast? Yes, she does. <laughs> uh, Mike White's going to have a podcast soon. I just hope it's about winning games after games as opposed to just, ah, that one game against the Bears, and then push. we'll see. I think pop culture kind of wants uh, the Bengals to be like Pete Davidson. Like, they want him to be down and out, and then mm. he just keeps finding a new way to win. And he literally wins in his dating life. So congratulations, Pete Davidson. Sure. Peter, you're going to inspire me today for the second time. Where are we going with this? I went trivia early, and then you just said, I think, earlier about the Bengals' win. It wasn't a ballet. It wasn't a beautiful performance, but... I think it was like a ballet. Okay. Here we go. The grand jeté, or the large jump you always see in a ballet. I'm very graceful. I'm very, I mean, that's just Joe Burrow. He's looking great. He's taken this team to the heights that uh, we kind of all doubted earlier this season. The offensive line, Peter, that was kind of, that was that was a bit of a joke to start the season. That on. was the punchline, and I don't really quite know the ballet term for punchline, so we're just going to call it that. But... This team is on an absolute pirouette as they're spinning through their November schedule. And if they can hit uh, their chasse by December, and now I'm just good. looking at Google and their releve, and finally the allegro of the ballet would be the Bengals being unstoppable to finish this month of December. But my point, I say all this to say that. <laughs> it's true. I think everyone thought the Bengals were going to have a down year. I think the way they started, it was just, it was easy uh, material. It was uh, fodder. It was the kindling, if you will, for just burning the Bengals and the rest mm -hmm. of their season, and they hung around. An offensive line issue, I think, is a hard thing to shore up, so I give the coaches and the team and the group credit, and Joe Burrow for continuing to play that the way that they have and to do it without the stars that they have, the injuries mm -hmm. that they have been able to sustain, not only on the offensive side of the ball but on the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball as well. Uh, the Bengals are scary. The mm -hmm. Bengals are scary, and I, once again, looking so forward to Bengals. I, I, I think weekend. it's a great point. You know, Hurts was getting a lot of MVP chance yesterday. Mahomes is obviously at the lead of that thing. You go... Joe Burrow is putting up numbers. Yep. Yep. They continue to win. Don't sleep on Joe Burrow in the MVP conversation. And uh, I don't know the ballet term for that. Um, Padishah. A Padishah? Mm. I'm literally just looking at a list. I'm just going to assume you're correct. Where they kicked no their legs idea. up to the side. That's what it was. Like that. That was, it, was the it was the grand jeté. That was the mm. beginning. That, yeah. like that. Um, means my Padishah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, coming up, Jalen Hurts. He took care of business last night. Was his performance worthy of, well, Eagles fan thinks he's worthy of MVP, but is he going to get a GMFB game ball? Nate Burleson's 2022 MVP pick got an earful. Yes, Nate picked Russell Wilson to win MVP. It's all right. Peter picked his coach for the first of the year. Ooh, what? <laughs>
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good morning, football. We've got Nate Burleson on the show here on this Monday morning. Good morning. Morning football on a Monday with a little Nate action. I was saying in the commercial, Nate, I thought you looked really good. You were wearing a cool sweater slash turtleneck, and then today you got the Merlot suit on. Yeah. I, and there's no irony. There's no joke. There's no sarcasm. No busting chops. You look great. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, Shrakes. If I wasn't so chocolate, you'd see me like blushing. Yeah. That's it. Uh, uh, you want to make it uncomfortable? You weren't the only one who looks good, though, dude. <laughs> Yesterday there were a ton of like awesome one-handed catches, and then there was one in the clutch. You know how much I love context. David Njoku had the big one on fourth down. Take me through all of them, dude. Which one was your favorite out of the amazing grabs yesterday on the the TV? Well, one thing Schrager always taught me is that context matters. So let's go to a catch that we actually just saw, which was one of the best catches of the weekend. We're talking down seven, 35 seconds to go, back of the end zone. David Njoku puts that left hand up there and just snatches it, leaves it up after Shaquille O'Neal making the left-handed layup. You know how he's walking down the court like, look at that, look at that. Yeah, that was David Njoku. Context does matter. And what do we say in the red zone? Helmet or higher. Great pass by Brissett, and my guy Njoku comes down and gets it. Listen, he's one of the best tight ends in the business. I don't know if he gets enough of the opportunity to make plays in this offense because they're led by two really good running backs with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But I, I just feel like this offense has more giddy-up when they start feeding their monsters, and he is one of those monsters at the tight end position. So shout-out to him with that great one-handed catch. Yes, David Njoku, a.k.a. the Chief, coming away with the big catch. But aside from all of those one-hand catches, which were beautiful to watch, games yesterday had some amazing finishes to them. Nate, which was your favorite one? How about the Chargers, though? Listen, we got these teams that are sitting there saying, should I go ahead and kick the extra point or should I tie it up? Listen, this was beautiful. You got Justin Herbert just throwing dot after dot in that final drive, proving to be the guy that we know him to be, getting the ball downfield. Now we have a screenplay to Austin Eckler, who's an absolute beast, but then dropping back and doing what traditional quarterbacks do, which is finding the wide receivers, allowing your playmakers to make plays. And how about Keenan Allen with the fresh legs back on the field? They score the touchdown. Then you're thinking, Thinking, oh, what are they going to do? Let's go in and run that quick angle route by Gerald Everett. I just thought this was a bold move, and we want to see this more often. We have these offensive coordinators who claim to be the best in the business. You know what? 
if it's analytics or if it's just your gut, go ahead and go for the win instead of tying it up and sending every game into overtime. So shout out to the Chargers. All right, Nate, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I got a two-parter, okay. um, and it's one has nothing right. to do with the other. Uh, the first, I do want to ask you just quickly a team that you think is going to run at a playoff spot late in the season. Secondly, I would like your take on Odell Beckham Jr. sleeping on a plane with a blanket on his head because mm -hmm. I also think that you have a professional <laughs> opinion about that. <laughs> I do. I do. All right, so let's go with the Jets. I, I feel like the Jets have figured it out. And maybe it's the quarterback position. I'm not going to sit here and pile on Zach Wilson. He's had a rough week. He's had a rough year. Had some moments, don't get me wrong, but... This past game, it seemed like the Jets were clicking on all cylinders. Offense played well. Defense was enthusiastic. Special teams did their job. And more importantly, the overall morale of the squad was up. More so than I've ever seen. Robert Sala just out there with a big smile on his face. And I know you guys have talked about him, but Mike White was balling. Like, he wasn't just playing an eye game. You know, he wasn't just like, you know, maybe I'll leave the door open for some conversation about a QB competition. No, he slammed the door. This is my job. I am QB1. He looked dead at Zach Wilson and said, hey, hey, look at me. I'm the captain now. I'm, yes, it's Captain White from here on out. Now, here's the thing. My, my boy called me, and he was like, yo, what's up with the Jets? I'm like, yo, that game came white on time. He's like, well, do you think Mike is the QB going forward? I said, yeah, you white about that. And he's sitting there looking at me. I'm like, the difference between the Jets offense this week and last week was white and day. So, yeah, I'm going with the Jets as a team that can make a late season push, and now you have your QB1, Mike White. Now, as far as Odell on the, on the plane, no, I don't know what happened. I'm not going to claim to know what happened. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what happened. But he kicked him off for not putting his seatbelt on? I mean, come on. And then word is he had a little blanket over his head. I mean, that's my move. <laughs> Kyle, Peter, y'all know. When I get on the plane and I don't want to be bothered after a few of those um, double shots of Gatorade, I'm putting that blanket right on my head. <laughs> leave me alone. And maybe Odell was just saying, leave me alone. I don't know. If, Nate, if Odell had half as much as you have to drink at airports, I understand why he has the blanket. <laughs> Nate goes hard at the airport. <laughs> Peter, you want to jump in on Odell? I just, I, Nate, what if you're the family of four or the four kids and you just got back from Disney and you spent 15 grand and you're, you're Thanksgiving week, you're exhausted, and you've got to get off the plane because poor Odell doesn't want to wear a seatbelt. Take it from the other side of it, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, whatever. Listen, I, I, I don't know what happened, but I just feel like after all these reports of him being in and out of consciousness and he could be seriously ill. And then he walks off the plane with his luck. He's like, do-do-do-do-do. And then they let him go. Man, come on, bro. Just, just thing, let him put a seatbelt on. There's kind of planes uh, where there's other people on the plane. <laughs> and uh, it's like you don't know them. And there's also this thing back there. It sounds like a football term. It's called coach. And they go back there and they sit with their family. I know it's crazy, but this is a real thing that exists. I promise you. Nate, oh, hold on. We, we can't keep talking about Odell because this is important, too. Um, you picked Russell Wilson to be MVP this year. And yeah. Peter did, too, actually. I did, too. Don't it's worry. fine. Like, we're not even we're, we're past laughing about that. Yeah. The Broncos season finally seemed to hit rock bottom. They lose to the Panthers, and there was a moment specifically where Russ is coming on the field, and his teammates, defensive teammate, Mike Purcell's like, gets in his face. We don't know what he said, but it doesn't look encouraging. It doesn't look positive, and Russell's body language afterwards doesn't look fired up. Where are we going with this, Nate? And when are we going to get a teammate that actually comes out and says, no, we will rally behind Russ. Russ is our guy. We believe in Russ because I haven't heard squad all year. I would love for a teammate to come out and say that. But as we say in football, when it comes to situations like this, the silence can be deafening. You don't see other teammates yelling at Tom Brady like that or maybe even Josh Allen 
in Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers, you know, for, for what it's worth. I don't know, it's just, it was weird for me to see that. And I'm not saying the teammate is wrong. Damn right. If you feel some type of way and your quarterback's not playing well, you should be able to scream at him just like he screams at you. But the fact that he was so exaggerated in whatever he was saying, that says a lot about maybe about how the team may be looking at Russ right now. It's bad. It's bad in Colorado. It's, it's kind of hard to watch at this point. It's been hard to watch. Nate Burleson, yeah, you're never hard to watch. Very easy to listen to. Very oh, easy to talk to. Shanks. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good week. I'll see you soon. Let's keep it on the Russell Wilson right. situation, shall we? Mike Purcell was clearly frustrated. Mm -hmm. He voluntarily went over. Could have just kept walking, but he went over and barked in Russell Wilson's face. And after the game, Russ denied any animosity. He said Purcell was just trying to motivate the offense. What do we think about the situation in Denver after 12 weeks of football, Peter? It's a mess. It's a disaster. And here's the worst part about it. You have a GM on a six-year deal. You have a new head coach. You have uh, Russell Wilson on his mother. And a new owner inherited all this. So it's it's one of those deals where it's like the new owner just spent billions and billions of dollars on a sports franchise. And what am I getting for this? No ties to the head coach, no ties to the general manager, and no ties necessarily to the quarterback except financial ones. Now, the worst part about it, if you're a Broncos fan, you're, the, you're this terrible team. You're, you're this awful squad. You're like, all right, well, at least we've got the draft. No, the, the third overall pick right now, which would be yours, goes to the Seahawks because of the Russell Wilson trade. As for the dynamics between Russell and the other players, I think this is any team that's, that's putrid. You start, you know, snipping at each other. You look at this, though. That third pick would have been really nice to get something, whether it be a defensive lineman uh, that they could add to an already good defense or some sort of offensive uh, playmaker. But... To me, it's the ownership, which is really interesting here. New owners inheriting whatever the old owners brought in, and I don't think anyone's safe. I honestly mean that. I think their general manager, George Payton, has done a fine job in the draft, and they've got players. This trade could be a giant black eye on a lot of people in that building, and when you look at Russell Wilson and what they financially have to pay him over the next years, they can't escape this contract. They are due to pay him you know, close to $40 million till 2027. And even if they were to cut him somehow, they financially would be an albatross like you wouldn't imagine. Mm. Dark times in Denver, and I don't see it turning anytime soon. Yeah, they had three points through the first three quarters. So for Mike Purcell, you're a defensive guy. I've been in that, in, that, in that position, being on a team where you're playing good defense, offense can't do anything. And on top of that, you have the guy that's supposed to be the guy on your team that you traded and brought over. And he's fired up and he's frustrated. And to what Nate's point was, that doesn't happen to certain quarterbacks. We've watched Josh Allen struggle in games for Buffalo, throwing two interceptions and essentially the game-losing plays. And you don't see anybody on the defense messing with that guy because they know what he's capable of. And I think for everybody in Denver, there's a lot of frustrations. Coming into this season in that division, a lot of people were saying Denver's the team. Russ is the guy that's going to come there and take them over the top. And they've had a good defense. They've continued to have a good defense. That I think is the beginning of it's really about to unwind there in Denver when you start to see stuff like that happen on a Sunday. It's very telling, and I don't think it's the same as any other team. Mm -mm. Josh Allen's guys love him. Mm -hmm. Lamar's guys love him. I am still waiting for anyone with the Broncos organization, specifically in their 53 guys, 52, not counting him, to come out and say, enough with the Russ criticism. That is our guy. We love him. We believe in him. Break, the season's lost. Come out and have a moment and defend your quarterback and say how great he is, the teammate is, and you'd follow him into anywhere and you love him. I remember they were taking selfies with him in training camp because he was super famous and everything, and it was really exciting, and that's great. I haven't heard squat since. 
squat and the whole defense should come out if they believe in him and say you know Mike we just we're trying to get him motivated and we, we believe in Russ till the end of time they don't they never say anything and in not saying anything I think they say everything yeah, the, the, the silence is deafening card we've heard twice so far today, and it once pertained to Zach Wilson, mm -hmm. and then Nate just brought it up again. And that wasn't silent, what Mike Purcell decided to do. And I say it again, everyone does things with intention, and he could have kept walking, which feels like after 12 weeks, Mike Purcell walked by that man 12 times and decided not to say anything, and he snapped. He snapped this weekend, yeah. and he, he got to a point where, like, what does it matter anymore? I'm going to give this person in my life who is supposed to play a significant role in my career, in my livelihood, a piece of my mind because that is where we're at with this team. And you can keep a lot of things on the inside. You can earn, internalize a lot of problems. But when it hits that point where you cannot keep your mouth shut mm -hmm. anymore, it's a problem. I feel like around the table problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here's the issue. You fire Hackett, which everyone wants, fine. You fire Hackett, it's one year, it's whatever. What coach wants to take on that burden with right. that yeah. roster, with that quarterback, with no draft no picks? Draft picks. What are you walking into? So it doesn't become the most alluring spot. That said, new owners, fresh start, yeah. who knows? Mm -hmm. But that's an off-season story, we think, and mm. we'll see. It's time for GMSB Game Balls, the second most important prize to be given out behind Angry Round Scepters. So, Game Ball, Peter, what do you got? You know, it would have been really easy for the Dolphins to lay an egg on Sunday, to come out there after their bye week and just not be ready and trap game the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I really needed them to win. I really needed them right. to win because my son was mm. very much invested. Let's oh, throw yeah. back to Friday with the prediction of the week on any of these stupid studio shows. Let's see it. <laughs> Mr. Schrager here gets to go first. Okay, Mel, let's All walk right. up. Very good. Tell us who you think's going to win, Mel. I think the Dolphins going to win. Tua Tango by is going to rock it. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Awesome. yeah Great job! <laughs> Yes! My game ball goes to Mike McDaniel and the Tua Vialoa Dolphins for rocking it and not letting my son Mel down. That was just an easy way for me to show my son on TV one more yeah. time. Yeah. Can we play that a few times was in the Sugar House? Yeah, we yeah. showed that 6,000 times. I wish I could just show it again, Peter, but I have to go to Jacoby Brissett. Give me the old footage. Jacoby Brissett gets my game ball. It, what a bizarre, strange setup for a season for him and the way that he effectively ended it. You know, he was teammates, of course. He was the guy who started when Tom Brady was suspended for the flake gate and then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Jacoby Brissett came into this uh, media session after the game yesterday and said, y'all act like I'm going to die or something. Like, everybody's just chill. Like, I, it's, I'm not. I just I held down the fort for a while, and now he gives up the job to Deshaun Watson, which is strange for a lot of different reasons. He ended it with a win over Brady. I think maybe one of the most well-liked people in the entire league, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. So awesome. He gets my game ball, Jamie. I need two because I made two new friends this weekend, and the number two is very prevalent in mine. It's my two-point conversion buddies. It's oh, nice. Doug yeah. Peterson and Brandon Stanley. Daily. Guys, fourth quarter overtime this year, 42% of the time this works. And it worked twice yesterday for the Jaguars and for the Chargers. This is guts. This is glory. This is going into your playbook and having faith in your guys. And I was so happy to watch it. This is the first time the Chargers have attempted a two-point conversion this season. Nice. And that's what they come up with. Peterson, Staley, big fan. Big fan of that play call. Nice. Yes. Go Take For me, who Mike White, who Mike White, New York Jets quarterback, getting the opportunity to start and getting it done, connected with 10 different receivers, throwing touchdown passes all over the place. But more important than that, his guys loved it. You saw Elijah Moore catch a touchdown pass, sprinting across the end zone after the game. Oh, He's trying yeah. to do his post-game conference. Guys are fired up for this guy, excited. He's winking on the sideline. 
Kyle, would you call him the king of New York? Is right. what they're That's referring what they're to him as. Conklin did, so Mike White, you get my game ball. All of New York City is giving you a game ball. Mm -hmm. Way to ball out and get it done. Mike White of Hilltopper fame. That is my favorite mascot, not Jackson. That's it? I'm so what? sorry. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I know, the Hilltopper. Bong not doing it for you. Making him happy, Mike White. No, not really. <laughs>